You got 42.4% of the U.S. workers don't make enough money uh, rent a one-bedroom house if you look at the, the statistics here. The uh, White House issued an executive order on housing affordability. So they recognize that the crisis that I mentioned is in play and they've directed HUD and Treasury and other ex executive departments to find ways for the federal government to incentivize state and local governments to reduce those regulatory burdens that have prevented us from bending that cost curve. What we've been able to do is create something that you just set up once on a foundation you hook it up to our magma system. This is our material delivery system that we've built in-house. And then you're off to the races. Three people can operate the magma and the Vulcan. So three people in total for both machines. Uh, and then you're printing a house. An estimated 1.2 billion people around the world do not have adequate shelter. 30 minutes before you would have said it's not possible. And then when you look at it or you see it, it's sort of, it, it is obviously undeniably possible. It, there is a swap, right? Instead of a framing crew, you're now gonna have a machine operator and a material specialist and things like that. From the middle of America, welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. Covering local market data, news, and reports to arm you with information you need to empower your investing and strengthen your American rights. Top Realtor, investor, husband, father, and veteran. Here is your host, Landon Witt. For more information and to listen or watch online, visit OKCRealEstateShow.com. Welcome to episode 70 of the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. On today's show, it's about 3D printing. Imagine a world where you pull up your iPhone or your tablet and you draw out the home using a simple software and you order that home and a truck comes up, pulls up, unloads a machine and prints the house within a week. Well, folks, that's not a science fiction novel. That's reality. And it's happened just this last year, just 400 miles south of Oklahoma City in Austin, Texas. Yes, a builder by the name of Icon3D, a 3D printing company co-founded by Jason Bollard, has printed the world's first permanent home in under 24 hours. Well, the first one was printed in 48 hours, but he claims running the machine at full speed could print in as little as 12 hours. Now, 3D printing is some call a disruptive force, and you bet it certainly will be. A 3D printed home claims to build faster, more reliable, can withstand 220 mile an hour winds, that's a F5 tornado, and also be built for a fraction of the cost of conventional homes. What would this mean to your home? What would this mean to your rental investment? What will this mean to the future of the economy? A lot of questions are raised by the 3D printing. Will this change the way we do business overseas? Most products are built based on the Industrial Revolution. Henry Ford built a company based on the assembly line, which is a genius idea to take many complex building processes and break them down into individual parts that an unskilled laborer could learn and then pass that on to the next step that another unskilled laborer and another, and so on and so on, and the assembly line would put together a very complex object such as a car in rapid speed. The more cars that you make, the cheaper it is to make. So scale of economy existed in which we created many, many products, 
all the same and drove down the cost. 3D printing will change that for forever. Now you can order a product, have it printed very, very cost effectively. So it's no longer needed to build thousands of products, which means there's not a whole need for an industrial society. So countries that are heavy into mass production of products such as India, China, Taiwan, these countries are on their edge right now, knowing that 3D printing technology could be a game changer. It's already been a game changer here in Oklahoma City. Tinker Air Force Base, as a matter of fact, has their own 3D printing technology in which they're replacing key components on their aircraft by 3D printing those parts and putting them into the aircraft. Folks, the technology is here. The biggest questions are going to be how the government responds to this technology and allows this rollout to occur. We're going to be talking about that here today, but first, I want to get with Jason Bollard. I want you to hear the passion in his voice for 3D printing technology. It truly is a phenomenal product with unlimited gains on this planet and on many others. Let's have a listen. One of my favorite role models in this regard is Elon Musk and Tesla. For a long time, the pitch with electric cars were... They kind of look like clown cars, let's be honest. They go 85 miles, they might blow up and kill everyone if you get in a wreck, but hey, save the whales and drive an electric car. And Elon Musk comes along and goes, baloney. If we want electric cars to be normal, they have to be fast and sexy and safe. They have to be great cars. Um, And so we've taken the same approach with regard to housing, which is like to make efficient, sustainable, healthy housing normal, they have to be more comfortable, more safe, more beautiful, um, and, and very importantly for us, because housing's a basic need, unlike a car, they have to be more affordable. We, we just got to build houses better. It's not, it's not going to be enough to build, make houses 5% more efficient we, or 5% more affordable. What will that do? A little bit, but like it has to be absolutely better. It is stronger. You have more design options. The pile of waste left over after we built the house is like a little molehill where we like rinsed out the mixer and printer at the end of the day. We, we can't, again, we can't make an incremental, but we need a disruptive improvement in the way that construction happens, both in the developing world and in East Austin and in Los Angeles and in New York and everywhere. And it's, it's urgent. The principles that govern the large-scale 3D printer are not very different, right? You've got to control a depositor called an extruder in our case in three-dimensional space. X-axis, Y-axis, Z-axis. Those are sort of the principles of 3D printing. And it doesn't matter how big your printer is, those things remain true. What was different for this is, yeah, plastic wasn't going to do the trick. And so we had to do some innovative material science. And it's, it's probably one of our least sexy but most important breakthroughs with the printer is the list of requirements is interesting. Right at the top of the list is, like, it can't look like a Yoda hut. Like, it has to be aesthetically pleasing. It has to flow but not like water. Or you'll have a puddle of concrete. It has to set up quick, but it can't cure quick because those layers need to fuse together to make, back to your question about, how strong is it? It has to fuse and make a monolith. Um, it was a real, some real uh, scientific gymnastics to get this concrete right. You know, on Twitter and things was, I developing world like I would live in that house, uh, and that was the most gratifying thing to me for a number of reasons. Both that other people wanted it, but usually people in the developing world get the worst. They're the last people to get advanced technology, the last people to get advanced materials, and. And, and they're often like, 
There, you look at it you're like, I wouldn't live in that. We printed this house for a hair less than 10,000. 650 total footprint. The enclosed space is about 450. Yeah. Or sneaking up on 400. Um, but that was just the requirements that our client news story gave us. Um, we could just as easily have printed a 2,000 square foot house. So I didn't have pattern recognition for the world sort of stomping up and down saying like, yes, this right now. And so I got 1,000 emails last night while I was asleep. And so my head is still spinning a little bit because right. it's Wednesday and we unveiled it Monday. Um, and so <laughs> we're sort of trying to say like, okay, wow, we've got a tiger by the tail here. Um, and a, the proper response would not be like, we'll print one more house. Mm-hmm. And we're we're going to have to figure out a way to, to, to step on it. So stand by. I cannot wait for some talented architects yeah. to get their hands on the sort of the parameters of what's possible with mm-hmm. 3D printing. I mean, you could just as easily print a house in the shape of a Fibonacci spiral as you could a square. I mean, it the design, I mean, I'm freaking out, man. Yeah. This is going to be cool. We could print this house on some property near Bastrop and sort of like get out of the city of Austin and make it a little easier on ourselves. And there were moments where we regretted it in the process because we were up against the tight timeline like to get this done by South By. But we decided to print it in Austin, which as you guys know, has some of the most difficult regulatory it's one of the most difficult construction regulatory environments around. Probably not as bad as San Francisco and New York, but certainly quite rigorous. And the fact that we are getting this house permitted in the city of Austin, that was jumping in the deep end of the pool, but it's such a validation that this technology is ready for prime time and that this is not a Yoda hut in a warehouse somewhere, that this is a gorgeous house in East Austin that we are going to get you know, certificate of occupancy very soon and it, it's it's there. It's, you could say it's a nightmare. It's always good to stay positive about these oh, things and sure. to sort of to view them as a like, if I check off all these good nightmare questions, it will mean that we've passed. Right. Um, but yeah, it was like, what does this mean for foundation? What does this mean for fire, seismic, uh, plumbing, electrical, uh, mold? I mean, so there was just like battery of tests that we had to, to, to get through. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to get a certificate of occupancy in the city of Austin. And we, we have accepted the challenge and we're there. So this house had a print time and you know, cause it like runs on a laptop and it yeah. counts it to the second, uh-huh. how long you've been printing. It had a print time of just under 48 hours, but that was running at quarter speed. So if we had to run the printer at full speed, 24 hours, run it at, or that's half speed would have been 24 hours, run it at full speed. We could have done it in 12 hours. Printers like 15 feet tall and 30 feet wide and could easily be sort of made longer, wider, and taller. Um, and then if you just make the track longer, like I said, it, it would have required no additional technical investment to print a 2,000 square foot house. Um, we just were working with an organization called New Charity that wanted to build houses to a certain spec in El Salvador. Um, and that's the great thing about a 3D printer. It's just like you, you literally upload a digital design file and it prints it. I could print a 1,000 houses, and this is where there's an advantage over prefab houses. The problem with prefab, there's, prefabs are awesome. One of my favorite prefab companies in the world is based here in Austin called Casita. I don't know if you know those guys. Love those guys. The, the trick with Casita or any prefab company is to make this, the economics work, you need a million people to want the same house. And houses are so personal that it's, that's, that's the real trick. With 3D printing houses, I could print a thousand houses in a line and all thousand could be different. You just upload a thousand different digital design files and they can be as different as people. And um, I think that's an important 
advantage of the technology. We have right now LOIs to print nine homes in various places in central Texas. And like I said, I got a thousand emails last night that I still got to figure out what's what, but there are obviously a lot of other people who want us to do this. So we're going to have to tackle that challenge. And then the third big opportunity uh, is space, actually. So um, I'm getting my master's degree uh, in space resources right now. And uh, NASA recently unveiled a, a 3D printing habitat challenge because we're going to need habitats on planetary bodies. And it's not like we're going to ship lumber and nails to Mars. Like, there needs to be a robot that can make a house that is, the robot needs to be able to control remotely because there's no oxygen, needs to be able to print an airtight structure with locally available materials, et cetera, et cetera. So NASA and others, including myself, think 3D printing is one of the most promising technologies for creating habitats on other planetary bodies. Always good to hear from Jason Bollard. What a positive voice building homes on other planets. Why would you want to build homes on other planets? Well, it might actually be easier to build a home on another planet than on this planet, or at least in this country. Jason's been facing a lot of opposition getting that home he was talking about occupied or an occupancy certificate so that someone can actually live there. See, there's a lot of issues that come into play when a new technology comes into a market as advanced and as cheap and as disruptive as 3D printing. Local governments are not quite sure what to think about the new technology. If it's true, it could mean that houses would then be valued at a fraction of the cost that they are now. Well, we all know that cities get their funding through property taxes. And lowering the value of homes could lower the amount of property tax, which could in turn lower the amount the city has to spend to govern its people. Now, if this is not done in a controlled manner, it could result in a huge, unstable shift in society. One of the things I predict is that this rollout will be slow and it will be within the confines of the existing code. And that's why folks like Larry Haynes has created a technology using 3D printing that exists within the existing code structure. And these technologies are what's really going to make an impact. Because after all, we are lacking 300,000 new builds per year. Those are homes that have demand, but we couldn't meet them due to labor and cost problems. We have got to bend the economic curve in our favor in the coming years, or we will have a serious affordability crisis in housing. Listen to this from Larry Hayes. There is a lot that 3D printers have made, even this 350-square-foot house in Austin. But build much bigger, and you have problems. Once you get large enough, you really need some form of steel or some other means to reinforce the concrete. Enter Larry Haynes. So we'll extend it out now. Founder of Austin-based Sunconomy. With this mobile platform and with the distances we have, we can build up to a three-story house. Haynes says they can reinforce his bigger homes using geopolymer concrete and building in a certain way. This machine is one part of the system. They can't show the print head because the patent is pending. We can put concrete on the inside of the wall and the outside of the wall with the insulation that goes in the middle. And so that's how we're, we're, we're meeting code. Ultimately, Haynes wants to print a whole house, 
roof floor walls and sell it, something he says has never been done in the country. This is the future. Maybe so, but don't expect them to be the norm just yet. That's according to Sean Forkner with the Central South Carpenters Regional Council. The design is pretty limited. You know, it's, it's a great thing and it's fast, but you're going to want a house that looks like that. And even though the homes will be much more affordable, some say they won't appeal to everyone. I still believe that traditionally built homes are going to be the lion's share of housing. Sun Economy plans to build its first model home in a few weeks just outside of here in Austin, Texas. They say construction will take a couple of months. Madeline Rivera, Fox News. So what does this mean for Oklahoma City? Well, we it's going to be a little while before we see 3D homes being printed on vacant lots. But if 3D homes get approved now in terms of they meet current code or you print in a way to meet current code, you could very easily add a home in your backyard. 3D printing a home in a backyard makes an exciting opportunity. Maybe you just want to add a little rental apartment in your backyard or do an Airbnb. Now, more than ever, it would be more cost effective to do this, in turn increasing housing density and creating more affordable living without modifying any of the existing infrastructure. And in fact, an idea like this, the city would get behind. Why? Because it adds value to the property and allows for more taxation not less. The requirements for you to be able to add a home behind your home in Oklahoma City are that you meet the zoning requirement of R2. What is that zoning requirement? Well, there's more in detail about it, but the basics are you've got to have at least 6,000 square foot of property, okay? Your interior side yard, once it's built, has to have a five foot on either side, if you're on a corner lot, it's got to have 15 foot on each side. And you've got to have enough rear backyard after your, your secondary home is built to have 10 foot in the back. Okay, 10 foot in the back, 5 foot on the side, 6,000 total square foot. And your maximum lot coverage, once you're done building, cannot exceed 50%. So, folks... If you meet those requirements, build away. Now, if you don't meet those requirements, why don't you send me an email and let's brainstorm about some of these ideas. Also, if you're already thinking of 3D printing yourself and you have ideas, email me as well. I'm looking at these printers for myself. I'm thinking, my gosh, if we can print one of these or get one of these printers, Larry Hayes printer, by the way, the one you saw with the crane and the, the arm, the, the orange one, goes for $450,000. But that also includes membership to his business, which gets marketing and supply and strategies to be able to grow and implement that. And he claims he's already got 250 investors already signed up to buy these machines for their construction business. It's coming, folks. It's only a matter of time. Keep an eye on 3D printing technology. It could be a real game changer. And before I go, I want to leave you with the economist that was on the State of the Economy uh, 
keynote speaker is who he was last fall, so September or November of 2019. He speaks about what we can look for in a world where robotics is the norm. In the last decade, people who telecommutes increased by over 100%. Today, 50% of jobs offer people the opportunity to work one day a week from home. 70% of new job listings offer that opportunity. In 20 or 30 years from now, we might see 50% or more of the workforce working from home. These are going to be big changes, but it will lead to potentially more rapid changes in the labor market, but more efficiency in them as well. So we're going to see different things happen, but I, I don't think we end up with a full-blown robocalypse, and I don't think we end up in a world where no one has anything to do. There are a lot of jobs that won't be able to be easily replaced. Medical is one of them. We think about the demographics and the Medicare and the Medicaid and, and the aging population, the graying of America, the whole thing. You're going to need, you look at the BLS website, which is the Bureau of Labor Statistics. They have the job numbers. Of the top 10 categories, the majority of them are all around health care. That's really tough to replace with robots. Another one is trades, right? Electrician, plumber. I will take the other side of this bet with anyone that before we have robots that can go into a house and fix the plumbing in any house, we will be tearing down houses and reprinting them when there's a big enough plumbing problem. Right? You just think, oh, that's it. We've got to call the moving company again. And you get all this stuff out of the house and they just tear it down and reprint it because it's too complicated. Each wall is different, each plumbing, each electric, it's all different, very difficult. Those won't be replaced. For more information and to listen or watch online, visit okcrealestateshow.com.